Okay. So, with the help of the Master of the World, and we always need a Kaddish Baruch Hu's help for everything, but particularly today because, unfortunately, our daughter Ora is sick with fever, and she was up until about 2.30 in the morning, and then I was up at 6. And then I tried to prepare this year, and so if I say anything coherent, it's a nace. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm hoping that this makes sense. And um, if it doesn't, then it made sense in some higher realm that was beyond our ability to, to grasp. <laughs> okay? Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's mamish hope. V'siyata Shmaya. We were speaking before with some of the Chavra that this series of Shiurim is not intended really to have a Hemshech in the sense of, you know, you have to have been here for one week so that the next week you see the continuation of it. It's like every week is supposed to be a self-contained concept. Hey, thanks for coming. A self-contained sugya in and of itself. And that's really the idea of this series of Shiurim. But because... Again, without really any kind of planning, but it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's plan that is, uh, is manifesting through all of us and through our lives. Two weeks ago, we learned about, Yaak- about Yitzchak Avinu and his connection to Shabbos. Last week, we learned about Yaakov Avinu and Yaakov's connection with Shabbos and how we could connect to Shabbos through those ideas. I figured that because this week's parsha is Mamash the parsha of Avram Avinu, we may as well you know, complete that, that uh, you know, little set. And so, Be'ezer Sashem, we're going to talk now about Avram Avinu and about Parshas Vayera and about Shabbos, but just another Nakuda is not just that these are the three Avos and all three of them have a connection to Shabbos. I think very much, again, Bisiata Deshmaya, not because I planned this, it's really a progression of concept as well. Because if you remember the way in which we spoke about the connection between Yitzchak and Shabbos was on the most base level human justification of any sense of value just by virtue of being a human being even if you have nothing and we talked about specifically because we feel that we have nothing okay we're human we're not angels Hashem needs you to be a human being give out you could go into Shabbos with some dignity right that's Yitzchak Yaakov Avinu we said the Jew is beginning to develop. We spoke about tshuva. We spoke about essential holiness, connecting to the Kisiyar Kavit, the root of oneness beyond the fragmentation of our lives where we start to lose touch with what we're here for and so on and so forth. And now Avram Avinu, we want to speak about the highest level. Mamash about the highest level there is. And that's what we're going to delve into with Hashem's help over the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. Let's take a look at the first source, a Gemarantinus. And the Gemarantinus, Chesam Rebbe says as follows, Va'amr Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak says, Shemesh b'Shabbos tzedakah la'anim. When there's sunshine on Shabbos, it's considered charity for the poor. Tzedakah la'anim, charity for the poor. Shenemar, because the verse says, Emalachi, when we reach the culmination of history all the way to the end. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, there are sheets on the table over there. Right on time. We're just starting now. Right before the dawn of the new day with a capital N and a capital D, after Mashiach comes, the sun will shine for those, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who feared my name. 
Shemesh Tzedakah, a son of charity, umarpe b'knafel, that will be healing in its, in its wingspan, when it spreads its wings. It's a very beautiful Pasuk from Malachi. And the Mepharshim speak about what exactly this means, how to read this Pasuk. But outside the context of the Pasuk, where we immediately see that the sun has something to do with healing, Makesher to Shabbos. What's the connection to Shabbos? We understand that the sun has healing properties, even on a physical level. Without getting into it, we're going to get into what the spiritual depth of the Shemesh is in relation or vis-a-vis to the moon and what the relationship between these two, we're going to get into that. But just on a basic level, the sun has nutrients that we get, that we gain, certain vitamins, certain, right? Something that you get from the, from the, from the sun that you need, that's healing. But what does it have to do with Shabbos? What does the Gemara mean that when it's sun shining on Shabbos, that's like charity for the poor? It's a connection. The Mepharshim over there on a simple level explain that it means very simply, people who have to live outside, right? So on Shabbos, they're not really able to travel from shelter to shelter, place to place, awning to awning. And so they have to hunker down. They have to be where they are, right? They can't go out of a certain, a certain space. And so if it's sunshine for them and the weather is not inclement and it's not raining or it's not snowing or anything of the sort, that's considered a favor for those people that are outside because it's nice weather, it's pleasant. They could just stay where they are and enjoy Shabbos. That's what it means on a simple level. But of course, there's so much deeper, so much deeper. Step by step, we'll try to hold on because it's a whirlwind. We're going to revisit this with a completely different perspective. If we're Says the Pasuk in this week's parasha, source 2. Vayera ilav Hashem. Right? Kodesh Baruch Hu appears to Avram Avinu. And the Pasuk continues, V'hu yoyshev Pesach ha'oyel kechoyim hayoyim. Avram Avinu is sitting outside the opening of his tent, kechoyim hayoyim, and the sun is exceedingly, exceedingly hot. Says Rashi. Hashem took the sun out of its sheath, as it were, made the sun super, super hot, in order so that Avram Avinu should stay inside, and that he shouldn't be trying to look for guests, that there's no guests coming outside because he just had his brismila. He needs to relax. He needs to recuperate. Because Avram Avinu is so much the midah of chesed that he's just he's running outside to look for guests all the time, even though he's in excruciating agony. So Hashem wanted to make it that there should be no guests, so Avram Avinu is inside. But Avram Avinu is outside anyway. Because the midah of chesed in him, the midah of love, of kindness, won't allow him to stay. He needs guests. That's his essence. Without hosting, he can't survive. But the Rabbeinu Bechaya says something very interesting. Something very interesting about this, that Avram Avinu would be sitting in the sun, like the Pasuk tells us. He says just a pshat, without getting into any parshanut already, which is what Rashi does from Chazal. Pshat. He was weak. Because of the Mila that had just been performed, he was sitting outside in the heat of the day. Because, like we just saw from the Gemara and Tainis, the sun heals. Simple. So, Avram Avinu says that Rabbin Abachai was sitting outside in the sun, again, without, without getting into anything about what Hashem did with the sun and why, you know, even, even though it was super hot, Avram is still outside. No, just he went outside because the sun heals, and Avram Avinu needed that healing energy of the sun. That's what the Rabbin of Achaya says. There's a major problem with this. Because, take a look at the next source, the Gemara of Baba Basra. I don't know, listen to this. The Gemara says, 
The Pasuk says, Hashem blessed Avram with everything. There are many interpretations in the Gemara as to what that kol is. One very interesting one that some of us are familiar with, Rashi brings it, is Bas Hayaloi. Avram Avinu actually had a daughter, Ubakol Shema. Her name was Bakol, or Kol Shema. Her name was everything, right? That was her name. And so when the Pasuk says, Hashem Avram, Bakal, Hashem blessed Avram with Kal, it's a reference to this daughter whose name was Kal. That's one of the, the things that the Gemara says. But the Gemara says something very interesting, not just any Gemara, as if Ki'ilu, there was something like just any Gemara, but Rib Shimin Bar Yechai. Rib Shimin Ben Yechai Oimer. You know what this means, that Hashem blessed Avram with Kal, which means with, with everything? What's that a reference to? Evan Toiva Hoiset Yishel Avraham. Avram Avinu walked around with a precious stone hanging from his neck on a chain, presumably. Whoever looked at this stone, boom, healed. Says the Gemara, when Avram Avinu left the world, Kaddish Baruch Hu hung this stone on the sun. Amar Abaye, and Abaye says, inchi. We talk of fine, the sun is healing. This is what people say. Idali yoima, idali ksira. When the sun begins to lift, when the sun begins to rise, then all illness lifts as well. Sunshine heal. Based on this Pasuk in Malachi that we learned, there, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is quoting, Kashemesh Marpe Beknafea, this Pasuk, Zorachalachem Yirishimi, Shemesh Tzedaka Umarpe. There's a healing quality that the sun has. What's the obvious problem here? Why didn't Avram heal himself, right? The Rabbeinu B'chayi says that Avram B'vinu went out because the sun is healing. But according to this Gemara, the only reason the sun is healing is because after Avram B'vinu died, that thing that he was literally wearing on his neck somehow became associated with the sun, and that's why the sun heals. I don't understand, right? That, it didn't happen yet, right? So everybody asks this question. Mamash, the Marsha, and, and many, many Mepharshim are asked this question. Everybody gives a different answer. They make a chilek between what Avram Avinu was suffering with, which was the Mila, which is not a regular illness, and, and it was something else. And Okay, many, many, many different answers that are given. Let's go outside the sheet for, for a moment. Just a little bit by way of Hakdam. In Kabbalah, in Pneumia Satire, in Hasidus, the sun and the moon are of incredible significance. The sun and the moon. Without getting into the technical names and terms and aspects, because it's not really necessary, just abstract. The sun on a very basic level is mashpia. It's the giver. It's the light source. The moon is the reflector of that light. And the reason that the moon is the reflector of the sun is because the moon has no light of its own. In words of the Zara Kodesh, de les klum. It has nothing of its own. And because all it is is an even, it's just a stone, it's just a big rock up there, it's able to reflect the light that's bouncing off of it, that's emerging from the sun, which is seen as being the source of light. Now, when we apply this conception to the relationship between physical 
and spiritual, or neshama and guf, right? which is the way it manifests in our experience as the human being. So we also have this relationship between sun and moon. The body, chomer, physicality, being moon-oriented, in the sense that it itself is lifeless, like a corpse, just like the moon has no light of its own. And then the neshama is like the sun. The neshama is the light source, or life source, source of energy, vitality, that's mashpia within the guf. And the more that the guf, the more that the body gets itself out of the way, meaning it sees itself as being nothing other than a vessel for the neshama, the more the light of the neshama is able to manifest. Just like the more that the moon removes itself, again on some subconscious level, from any experience of pretending to have a light of its own, good, now you're a vessel to receive the light of the sun, which is a far greater light than you could have ever imagined. And this, of course, is what the Gemara Baba Basra tells us, Ayin Gimel. Pnei Moshe kepnei Chama, pnei Yeshua kepnei Levana. The face of Moshe Rabbeinu is comparable to the sun, and the face of Yeshua was likened to the moon. Why? Say the Mepharshim there. Same thing. Why was Yeshua Zaycha? that he should be the primary disciple of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why did he have that merit? There were so many others, so many other great people in that generation. Why Dafka Yeshua? Says the Gemara, because Pnei Yeshua ki Pnei Levana. Because Yeshua did everything in his power to make himself so humbled and make himself so meek and make himself so open and aware that he essentially had nothing other than what was being given to him that in emptying out his vessel completely, he was able to receive the consciousness of Moshe Rabbeinu in its entirety, the all of Moshe Rabbeinu. We spoke last week a little bit. We started speaking about the four letters of Yud, K, Vav, K. One of the things we didn't mention is that also folded into these four letters are all of the layers of our physical experience. Because the physical world is split into four categories of life. There is first the medaber, the human being. It's a completely different category than anything else, even though we're all part of one creation. We're a distinct category in and of ourselves, the human being, homo sapiens. Then there's chai, which is animals. Then there is tzomeach, plant life, and then domain, just you know, dross material form. There's nothing, nothing, just earth, rocks, domain. Domain, tzomeach, chai, and medaber. This is yud, k, vav, k. Of course, the higher up you go in the name, from letter to letter to letter to letter, like we learned last week, you're going from world to world to world to world, less constriction, more godliness, more godliness, more godliness, and so on. So you move from domain, which is the last letter, which is the hey of yud, k, vav, the last hey, up until tzomeach, which is the vav, up until chai, animals, which is the first hey, and then finally, boom, up to medaber. That means to say, if you should happen to be walking in Hendon Park, or any park for that matter, or any street, and you should happen to see a person walking a dog, in that snapshot you see Yudke Vavke. You see the earth upon which grass is growing, that's Domim Tzomeach. You see the dog is Chai, 
and then you see the person walking is medaber. That's a yichud. If we can develop these eyes, you can mamish be making yichudim your whole your whole day. You look at something, you see your kevavke. Wow, amazing thing. Domim Now these four letters are associated with the arba ragle merkava. There's the four wheels of the divine chariot, as it were. What's a chariot? It takes a person from place to place. What do these worlds do? It takes godliness from the realm of Ein Sof, of infinity, and carries it, as it were, down into our reality. It's the Merkava, the four wheels of the Merkava. They move, HaKadosh Baruch Hu It's a vehicle to take godliness from a realm beyond to the realm within. Now, these four letters are associated with four personalities in the Torah. The first three of the three Avos, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The last letter is Davar HaMelech. Now, if we're keeping track, what was the last letter? Domain. What's Domain? It's, not, it's nothing. It's just Earth. Earth, like the moon, has nothing of its own. It only has what you plant within it. Only has what you make, what you form it into. But Earth is just—it's just, just waiting for the other three levels of energy to come down within it and to and to form it and to allow it to po- to 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 um to express and to manifest its potential. And that's why Davra Melech, you see what's Davra Melech. He's nothing. Davra Melech is mamish tefillah. It's just prayer. What's prayer? Realizing that I don't have anything. It's always looking up. It's never feeling secure within. Davra Melech is always thirsty. Because Davra Melech is related to the last hay of Yudke Vavke. He's the fourth level of the Merkava. He's the earth within which the first three, which are also, not to complicate things more, but which are also associated with air, fire, and water, the first three of the four elements, bring their energies down into earth. Earth is just the recipient. Earth is the kli. It's three and then one. That's Davra Melech. That's the final hey, Vyudke Vavke. That's the Levana. That's the moon. Which has no light of its own and all it does is reflect. Reflect that which is given to it. Says Rashi, I'm sorry, says the Pasuk further in the Parsha, by Yan Avraham, Avraham is fighting on behalf of Sidon. By Yoimer, because he keeps on asking, what if there's 50? No, there's not 50. Okay, what about 40? What about 30? What about 20? All the way down to 10. And Avraham Avinu, realizing that he's, he's pushing things a little bit, you know, he, he sees, he's He's over, overreaching, maybe, overstepping a boundary. He stops and he says, He says, I began to speak to you. I'm, I'm dust and ashes. Says Rashi, it's offer ve'efer. So on a simple level, it means he's saying, I'm so humble. Who am I? What am I? How, how should I even open my mouth to speak to you? Says Rashi, no, much deeper than that. What's Afar and Afar? I'm dust and ashes. Why would Avra make reference here to these two elements, says Rashi? 
I should have been turned into a corpse, which is turned into earth, by the Malachim, by the kings in that war. Hashem miraculously enabled Avram Avinu with a couple of kids to go and Mamish beat, beat all these kings. So that was a nace. He says, essentially, I'm already dead, as it were. The Ephra, you didn't Nimrod. And I should have been burnt into ashes and or caused him. The Kivshanaish. When Avram Avinu, the famous thing, the Majus tells me he was thrown into this furnace and he came out alive. Luli if it weren't for your mercy, for your kindness, that you, that you shined into me. I think I was more awake than I thought this morning. Listen to this. The Torah is so deep. Avram Avinu is not just humble. Avram Avinu, from his perspective, he doesn't exist. He's gone. I'm already off of it. He doesn't say, I could have been off of Eifer. No. Avram says, essentially, without HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim, Ein li klum. Anoichi afar va'efer. I already died twice. Whatever I have, says Avram Avinu, lule rachamecha, asher amduli, you've shown mercy into me. Avram Avinu is assuming the aspect of the Levana here. Afar ve'efer, I'm just a stone, just a rock, just a doimim. I'm just the last letter of Yudke Vavke. I don't have anything. I'm just the corporeal, physical world, which without the godliness that's being, sh- that's be- that's being illuminated and shown into it every sp- split second, it's nothing. It's a corpse without a soul. Corpse without a soul. So maybe we could go back to this Gemara and Baba Basra and see it in a little bit of a different way now. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai Oim, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai says, the Heliger Rajbi, Evan Toiva Hoysa Tluya B'Tzavar Yishol Avram Avinu. What's a Tzavar? Why was it hanging on his neck? Why couldn't he have hung it on his arm? Why couldn't he have put it around his leg? Why couldn't he have held it in his hand? What's a neck? The neck... Is life, is life or death, right? The neck is the most vulnerable part of the body. It's just open, exposed. The neck is where animals are slaughtered. The neck is the place where if a person's alive, he's alive. And if a person's dead, this is the bond between the mind, which is the source of energy, and the heart. These arteries. Avram Avinu says, I'm already dead. I'm not in this world. So he has an Evan Toiva. What's an Evan? Evan is diamond. Evan is the moon. The moon is just a stone. Avram Avinu has an Evan Toiva hanging around his neck. He wears the moon around the place of his life force, as if to say, I'm not in this world anymore. Now, everybody else who is ill, what's the greatest illness? The greatest illness is to think that you're not sick. That's the greatest illness there is. 
is to walk around the world with a fake sense of self, of I got this, I could do this, because you push Hashem out of your life. So maybe you'll do it, but you'll do it without Hashem. So, what, so how sweet could that, be, could that possibly be? Whoever was ill came to Avram Avinu and they looked at this Evan hanging from his neck. And they saw a person who already died twice, who's not here without Hashem's mercy. And they were healed from that illness. They learned from that symbol of a person who recognized he had nothing other than what a Kurdish Baruch was giving him every minute. That was from their perspective, coming to see Avraham, because they saw him, Sachakal. The Gemara tells us, after Avraham Avinu was kvar nifter mina'aylam, Hashem hung it on the sun. What hung it on the sun? Because the sun is the source of all of the healing energy that would be shining into someone who's the aspect of the moon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu hung it on the sun to say, this is where the source of the healing comes from. Specifically when a person makes himself into a Avram Avinu type, a Davra Melech type, a Domim type, a Vessel type, a Reflector type, a Moon person. So why would Avram Avinu not heal himself with his stone? Because Avram Avinu, from his perspective, was Kfar Nifter Menayla. So Avram Avinu goes outside to bask in the sunlight. Because Avram Avinu is so not here. Because he already says, like I've died already, I'm not, I shouldn't be here at all. That's I'm not here without the light of the sun. Avram Avinu, from his standpoint, is already living in a post-Nifter Avram Avinu world. Avram Avinu can't heal himself with his own stone. Avram Avinu so much embodies that stone Works for other people, learn the lesson of humility from him. But from Avram Avinu's standpoint, he's already post Nifter Mena'ulam. Avram Avinu's not here anymore. Avram Avinu's not here anymore. Incredibly, there are a number of Gemaras and Shas, Midrashim, that speak about this Pasuk in Malachi. The healing light of the sun that shines down into a person that's a Yari Shamayim. Shemesh tzedako marpe beknafel, it's righteousness, and it heals with its wings that spread out upon all of the reality before it. But one of the very interesting ones says that the Gemara Nedarim, Chesam Rebeis, Shemesh tzedako marpe. What does this mean? The sun of righteousness or charity that heals. Amar Abaye, Shmamina chirgadiyoyim amase. We see from here that Chirga, this thing called Chirga, the Yoyma of day, Mase, it has a healing energy. What's Chirga? Says the Ran. Chirga, that's underneath it, is the Ran. Avak, Hanire Bechama, it's dust, earth. That you can see, when the sun is shining through a room sometimes and you see dust particles, that's Chirga. The Gemara understands that the Pasuk referring to the sunlight needs also to not only refer to the aspect of the sun, which is of course the source of the healing energy, it's got to refer to the vessel that enables the light of the sun to come down and to fill it. Because where else does he get this from? What, who mentioned dust here? Who mentioned earth? 
We said the sunlight heals. As the Gemara says, Abaye, no. Must mean that the dust, that you can see the sunlight reflecting off, that heals. Because Abaye wants to tell us the whole picture, the whole story. It's not just the sunlight. There has to be a prerequisite for the sunlight to be able to reach us. A prerequisite for the spiritual light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A prerequisite for a higher power that can only dwell within a person who feels that he's at rock bottom. Huh. Rock bottom, Evan Taiva. <laughs> rock bottom, right? Mamash Arak, a daimin, feels he has nothing. There are two elements. There's the sun, which is the source, and then there's the dust, which is Anachi Afar Ve'efer, which is Avram Avinu who goes out to the sun to get healed. Even though the sun had that power after he was Nifter Mina'ilam, because from his standpoint, he's already Nifter Mina'ilam. Because he realizes, Loiha Mesimi Halaluka. The only way that we could praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Hashem must be giving me vitality every minute, bringing me to life. I have nothing without Him, nothing, nothing. Avram Avinu lived with that consciousness, that level of humility, that level of bittal, of bittal. What did he need healing from? Ah, excellent question. What did he need healing from? Thank you, because I had that written here. And I, and I wouldn't have gotten to it. There's a lot of stuff going on and I'm half asleep. So what did he need healing from? Excellent. Ulai ve'efshir. It's possible to suggest that it was Dafka the Indian of Mila that got him nervous. Because if you remember, the Gemara says that there were a few um, philosophers that were speaking to one of them. Amiram or Tanaim that I'm forgetting. Alexander the Great was it? It was some some kind of conversation. Remember who it was? Some 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 personality that's mentioned there, and asked one of the Amiraim or Tanaim, I can't remember one of the figures in the Gemara. He asked him whose actions are more matukan, whose are better. Who, do you remember the the details of it? Yeah, well, well, the, yeah. But the Gemara continues and culminates finally. He says he says human. Human actions are more mitukan, are more rectified. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a human being uncom- incomplete because he has something extra on the body, an arla. And then we're the ones that come and we make a bris. And we're the ones that perfect the, the human body, as it were. So that means that Mila is the one place that Avram Avinu feels, whoa, I could start getting a little bit haughty here. I'm in the driver's seat. Whoa, I'm doing something that even HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't do. Also, the Indian of Mila is self-mastery, right? The Indian of Mila is Kedusha Sabris, Kedusha, to overcome. It's a Yeshus, right? A, a, a holy Yeshus. You could do it. There's energy, there's power. We could be more than animals. We could. So over here, Avram Avinu needs a special healing, I'm thinking. Dafka because of Mila. Because of Mila, of what Mila represents. That Mila puts us, so to speak, on a pedestal. So Avram Avinu needs, needs healing from this, in this aspect. Maybe. Okay, before going to starting the next chilek, which hopefully will take us to the end and then we'll revisit the Gemara in Tainus with a whole different understanding, I just want to focus a little bit more now on the union of the Shemesh and the Levana. Without getting into the whole technicality of it, it's not, it's not, it, it's not necessary. It's going to be necessary and we're going to keep on referring to these ideas throughout the year, and so we're going to get a grounding in these you know, basic Kabbalistic concepts. You know, that'll happen. But without getting, uh, you know, don't, don't get thrown off by it. It's just words. We 
We spoke about the system of the ten spheres, right? Ten energies with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates the world. And a system of balance that takes place between these three lines. The middle line is always balance. And then the right and the left are two extreme midos that need to culminate in the next midah that balances them in the middle again. So we begin with, start with this, chachma, which on a cognitive level is just a burst of information, a, a brainstorm, a creative artistic moment where something fresh, a new idea comes out of nowhere. And that's to the right. But it's an extreme because it's, it's so, it's not tangible. It's just like a, you know, a person has like this, this mind-blowing idea, but like, okay, how are you going to make it practical, right? That's Chachma. It is paralleled by a Mida called Bina, which we spent a lot of time last week speaking about, which is the kind of thinking that's more technical, more details. Okay, you had a great idea, right? Want to start a new, you know, a, a small business, whatever it is, you know, it's a startup. Okay, but what, what, practically, what do we need in order to get this off the ground, right? How much money are we going to need? Or, you know, and so on and so forth. That's Bina thinking. These two extremes are balanced in Das. Das means we have both Chachma and Bina. Now we're ready to move forward and to bring the idea out into the world of Misa. So it's no longer in the intellect. Those are the three intellectual processes. Chachma on the right, Bina on the left, and then Das balances them. Okay, now we're ready to come down into the Midos. Those are all called Mochen. Those are in the brain. Right? Okay, now we come into the Midos. The traits. We have chesed, of course, on the right hand. It's just a burst. We want to do everything today, right? So Because we have the blueprint, which is in the mind, today. We got everything today. We have to do everything today right away. Everything all at once. Okay, it needs to be balanced, right? So gvura is the opposite of that, which is we do nothing. Right? We do nothing at all. It holds back everything. Total severity. And these are balanced in a meter called tiferes, which is harmony. Right? Which says, we're going to do it. But we don't have to do it all today, right? That's just a muscle. There's so much to talk about here. It's so deep. It's, it's the fundamental blueprint of existence. The, this, this system, mamish, Tiferes. Then we have Netzach and Hod, which correspond to the right leg and the left leg, which are underneath Chesed and Gvur, which is the right arm and the left arm. So we go down the body, right? Down, left leg and, and right leg. Right leg and left leg, Netzach and Hoyd. And these have to do with relationship. So that if in the blueprint I was thinking about giving something to someone, and then I wanted to give everything to that person, that's Chesed, and then I wanted to give nothing to that person, that's Gevura, and now I, I know there's a measured amount of what I want to give. But there are two ways of giving. Netzach giving means to say, I'm going to give but, it's, but it's, it's overwhelming for the receiver in a way that it only really benefits the giver because the giver wanted to give. But it's, it's not something the receiver needs or it's not something that's, gonna, that's in the right measure for the receiver. It's just, it's too much, right? Hod is the opposite. It's only good for the receiver, but it's not good for the, for the giver. You sowed, which is the meat of bris, without getting into the depth of it, but that's exactly what bris is, is that it's balanced. There's giving and receiving, and it's taking place simultaneously on both ends. And that's the, that's the perfect yichud of bris. That's the intimacy of, of bris. After this whole system has been constructed, there's one final midah. And that midah is malchus. 
Malchus is the Kli. It's just the vessel. It stands ready to receive everything that's been filtered down into this perfect product, having gone through this whole system of checks and balances and centered. Malchus stands below the system ready to, ready to receive. The upper three levels, which correspond to the thinking categories, the blueprint, being beyond the physical world because they're in the spiritual realm. This world, as mentioned last week, is built on the concept of seven, right? Because it's after the thought, the thinking's already been done. Now the world is ready to unfold. So we have seven days of the week, like we said. And the final day, Shabbos. Shabbos, we said, is connected to Malchus, right? She already said two shirim ago. And who embodies this Mida? Going back to... David HaMelech. David is Malchus. And this, of course, aligns with everything we've spoken about Malchus being the final Hev Yudkevavke, relating to the, to the element of earth, relating to the level of domain, inanimate, ready to receive, only having that which is given to it from the higher perspective. It all aligns, right? Everything, all these things. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're so far good. Right, so that's the Indian of Malchus. Malchus is the Kli. It's ready to receive. This is the relationship between Shemesh and Levana. Yesod, bris, is really nothing. It's just a channel. If you'll notice, Yesod really doesn't have anything of its own either, right? It is the bris, it's the, the channel that pours forth the life force that was, start, that was developed in the upper realms, right? Of Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzachod. Okay, so, but what's Yesod? It's just, okay, finally, we're ready to, we're ready to launch, right? We're ready to, to give forth that which we've been developing in, in the higher levels. It's the channel. Taking the light of the sun, as it were, and bringing it down into Malchus, which is the moon, which is the Levana. That means that the deepest intimacy that there is is really the intimacy of sun and moon, which is embodied in male and female, husband and wife, through the medium of this thing called bris, which is the Indian, of course, of tashmish, right, of, of relations, which is the sun and the moon coming together as one in this incredible kind of intimacy, which on a spiritual level means, on all levels of existence, any time the Mechabal is really ready to be Mechabal, completely battle, it's mamish ready, then it can have Yichur with the, with, with the relative Shemesh. So whether that's, for example, like Rabbi Nachman says, a student and a, and, a, and a teacher, right? That's also sun and moon. Like we said about Moshe and Yeshua. When Yeshua is really ready, so then he's receiving the whole light of Moshe Rabbeinu. All the spheres above manifest through the bris of Yusayid. Bris is always a covenant, it's always a connector to Malchus, to the Levana. Says the Gemara in Brachas. Just That was just a little Akdama. Let's, let's go to the finish line now. Says the Heilige Gemara in Brachas. Loi Yamad Adam Loi Agabi 
Let a person not stand on any high place and pray and daven. Stand in a low place and daven. Because there will be no illusion of greatness before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, certainly not in the context of tefillah, the premise of which is, <laughs> help me, because I, I can't do it alone. Help me, I need you. So don't stand in a high place. Stand in a low place. Shenemar, the Pasik says, Mi ma'amakim kurasicha. Hashem, I called out to you, Hashem, from the depth. Now, on a simple level, that means the depth of my heart, from the depth of my being. Says the Gemara, no. It, it really means David Melech went to a very low place. Literally, he found a low place to stand, and he davened. Rebbe Shalom, I call out to you from the experience of standing in a place of shiftless, of lowliness. Mi ma'amakim. Uchsiv, and another Pasik speaks to this as well. David HaMelech refers to him as a pauper. This is the tefillah, says David HaMelech, of a pauper. Says Rashi, not just because he was a pauper, derech anios. Right? He davened in a way of a person that has nothing. Of course, anios, yeah, I just want a, a more vav in the middle, and it's anivos. Right? These two words are connected. Humility. Bittal. Recognizing that we need a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's David HaMelech's tefillah. David HaMelech, the moon. David HaMelech, the stone. David HaMelech, domim. Afar ve'efer of Avram Avinu. David HaMelech, who really, if you'll remember, was also a nephel. Remember? David HaMelech wasn't even either supposed to live like Avram Avinu. He got lent a few years from other Mauritian. He wasn't supposed to live. David HaMelech is dead. Just like Avram. David HaMelech is battle. Derech Anios. Okay, keep that in mind. We're just piecing this together. It's a bit of a puzzle. Okay? So far we're, we're holding with this whole thing? Okay. It says the Helega Shari Oira. It was a Rishon. Either a Rebbe or a Talmud of the Ramban. I can't remember right now. I have to look it up again. And Shari Aira, maybe one day we'll have the privilege of learning it together. It's, it's one of the introductory Sfarim to Kabbalah. It's very, very beautiful. Very beautiful, very incredible Sefer. So in the second gate, he says as follows. Da, he says, There are three names. Tzadik, Tzedek, Utsidaka. Tzadik is the righteous person. Tzedek is righteousness. And Tzedaka is charity. It's three, three things, right? Which obviously are all related because it's, it's the same word. Tzaddik, Tzedek, and Tzedakah. But all three have distinct meanings. Says the Shaira Oral Pipinimius. Midas Kelchai Nikris Tzaddik. The Midah of Kelchai, without getting to the depth of it, it's just the Midah of Yesod, and as the name Kelchai. Yesod, which is the bris, which is transferring the R of Tiferis, which is the Shemesh. So there's the light, all the spheres above it, that light of the sun, the light of kol, of everything. That's called tzaddik. So the Pasuk says, v'tzaddik yisoyed oilam, right? The sphere of yisoyed, which is the bris, is related to the concept of tzaddik. Umidas adni, and malchus, which is the levana, which is receiving, is called tzaddik. Tzaddik and tzaddik. Tzaddik, the shemesh, Tzedek, the Levana. 
at the time that there is intimacy between Yesod and Malchus, between Shemesh and Lavana, between higher levels of spirituality and the physical world, when it realizes that it's nothing, that a mamish needs everything, he has nothing, needs the light of the sun. When that happens, that's what we call tzedakah. So tzedek is the giver, it's the shemesh. Tzedek is the receivers, malchus, the levana. And tzedakah is what is being given, it's what's flowing between them. Nimsu so these three words are really just bound up as one. Tzadik latet, that tzadik is the giver. Tzedek is lekabel. Tzedek is receiving. And tzedakah husoyed hamatana, what's being given. We give charity, right? It is what we give. And when we give it, we're in the aspect of bris. We're in the aspect of tzadik. The recipient is in the aspect of tzedek. And what we give is called tzedakah. That's the yichud between chama and levana. And this tashmish, this intimacy, this oneness, this infinite, infinite oneness. Says the Hilik Kadesh, and with this where Mama's coming to the end, what a journey, what a privilege, what a schos. zimna, says the Zayar. At that time, after this whole story is over, and after the whole 6,000 years unfold, which we're at the very end of. At that time, Yis'ar Kuchabrichu Isarusi Ilah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will awaken that incredible upper awakening from the spiritual realms above. To illuminate the moon as it, as it should be illuminated. Kamadat Amar, because the Pasuk in says, V'haya ar halavana ke'ar hachama. Eventually, the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. Which means, the moon will so perfectly reflect the light of the sun, you won't be able to tell the difference one to the other. Why now wouldn't it? Because it gets in the way. It claims that it has a light of its own. All throughout history, the Levana seems to say, I matter. I can do things. I don't need a Kaddish Baruch Hu. At the end of history, at the end of time, when humanity is humbled and brought to their knees and humbled and shown that they don't know and they don't know, and that's what we're learning, that we just don't know, and as things get worse and worse and worse, we're getting taught more and more and more about our essential lack. At the very end, the world will mamish be ready. As the Pasik says, the Gemara says, at the end we're going to say, Ein lanu amili sha'ein, Ella alavinu that's the Ara Levanaka Arachama, he says. The Arachama, and then the light of the sun will be seven times greater. Yes, Shiva Sayim Kamar Shiva Sayyamin. We'll begin Kach, he says, and when that happens, Yitoisif Baruch Ilah, an incredible spiritual awakening will come down. We'll begin Kach, he's Arun Kedei Kol Inun Mesayidi Inun Goy Afra. And he says that light will awaken all of those that are slumbering in the earth. Those that are in the earth being the aspect of dead corpses. But also, beyond that, not just those that are actually dead, those of us that will realize that like Avram Avinu, we're the walking dead. We all have nothing but a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That light of the sun will come down 
and shine into those that are shaykhni afar. Anoichi afar ve'efer. Says the Tikkuni Zayar. V'isnihir ha'huna hoyre de'zam al'anahar de'tzidkaya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will awaken that light that he hid from for the tzaddikim. This light that was hidden from the beginning of creation, for which all of creation was supposed to be created, that just Adam Rishon should humble himself to say, Rabbani Shalom, okay, I'm going to listen to you. It's not about me, and it's not about what I can know if I eat from this tree, and it's not even about the possibility of me being a God like you. It's just, this is the secret. You want HaKadosh Baruch Hu in your life, Put yourself aside. That's the whole goal. That's the whole, the whole thing from the beginning of history to the end. Being masak in the chait of Adam Rishon means letting Hashem in more and more. Like the Kutzker says, where is God? Wherever you let Him in in your life. That's where He is. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid this great light, this great revelation from the beginning of creation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that the light was toiv, was good. You remember what it says about the Evan that Avram Avinu was wearing on his neck? Evan Taif. It's a good Evan. Meaning he wore the Levana lit up by this R that, that it says, Says Rashi, Kitaif, what was it good for? Lignites, to hide, because it's hidden. Says the Zayar, this is the light with which Hashem is going to bring all the dead back to life. And that he brings our Pasuk Malachi. For those that fear my name, Hashem says, the light of the sun will shine down, the light of tzedakah, we should get to, of course, in a minute, and heal you. And then the whole world will be filled with goodness, which means with humility, which means letting Hashem in, which means humility. Whatever we refer to as evil will be wiped away. And all of our bodies and our previous lifetimes will be like nothing. Now one other thing about Ani, before we put it all together, the Gemara Nadarim says, the four people that are considered dead, and one of them, the first of them, is in Ani. David HaMelech. He's dead. He's not here. He's a nephil. He's a stillborn. Now let's go back to the Gemara. Rabbi Yitzchak says, Shemesh b'Shabes. Shabbos is connected to the concept of Malchus. Malchus is bittel. Malchus is me'ain olam haba. Shabbos is a little bit of a taste of the world to come when everything will be mitukan. When there's a yichud between the Shemesh and the Levana, so great that the spiritual world is seen here. It's reflected here because we realize that we're nothing but anoichi afar ve'efer. The anoichi is nothing, is afar ve'efer. I'm already dead. All I have is the life of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that's powering me. It's filling me. That's what Shabbos is. Tzedakah la'aniyam. You know what that experience on Shabbos is of Shemesh of Zoycha? Tzedakah. That's the Yichud of Tzadik and Tzedek. For whom? La'aniyah. For the Tefillah La'ani Kiyatav. For Arba Chashuv Meis. The four people that are considered dead, one of whom is the Ani. It's just four words, but it's a whole different understanding. 
If on Shabbos, through the Midah of Shabbos, which is Malchus, which itself is Davra Melech, which is humbling ourselves to realize that it's not the Parnasa that I thought that I made during the week, that is why I have Parnasa. Shabbos is Emunah. It's all coming from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Yeah, I do a little bit of Shabbos during the week. Shabbos is Emunah. Mamish, the whole day of Shabbos is a day of faith, is a day of getting myself out of the way, is a day of opening myself up to HaKadosh Baruch in the deepest way there is. Letting God in. Shemesh. But the Shemesh needs a Kli. That's the Kli is called Shabbos. And then Tzedakah. When we're the aspect of the moon, the moon being Tzedek, then the Shemesh is Tzadik, and then there's Tzedakah that flows between them. La'aniyam. Because we've allowed ourselves to assume the identity of the Ani, who's Chashuv Kimes, which is the Inin of Avram Avinu. Which is the Indian of Anachi Afar Ve'efer, which is Davar Melech Tfilol Anikiyatev, Derech Anias. Kfar Nifter Mena Oilam, like Avram Avinu, who goes to bask in this healing light of the sun. This Chaver, and this will Mamash end, this is Lechadaidi. You ever notice? The whole Lechadaidi is talking about this process. What do we mean when we say, do you ever notice? Licha doidi likras kala. Come, my groom, my beloved, likras kala toward the bride. Who's the broom? Who's the, who's the, the broom? Who's that? That's what happens after the wedding. Who's the groom? Who's the bride? What's going on here? Now we can understand it. Well, the groom is the sun. The groom is the light of realizing that there's Hashem in the world. There's really Hashem in the world. He's mamish real. He's mamish. He's knocking all the time. Just open for me. All the time he's knocking. And the kalas is the bride. Is the aspect of the moon. Yafa kalavana. The aspect of davra melech. On Shabbos, there's the yichud, which itself is a taste of la'asid lavo, about which the Pasig Yishayo says, that's what la'asid lavo will be. When the world is humble to the point that mamish, we're ready for the greatest illumination there is. When all of spirituality shines down into a humble physicality and like a soul to a body, boom, brings it to life. Tchiyas, amazing. Shabbos is a little taste of that. Shabbos enables us to tap into the source of blessing. What's the source of blessing? The Shemesh. The Tzadik. And see here, just to tie it up really all together, it says the, it says the Ben Yayada. Amazing thing, the Ben Ashkab, this will close. Because the Gemara, the Gemara told us that we just learned over here, Shemesh B'Shabbos Tzedak that when there's Shemesh, sun, on Shabbos, then it's righteousness for the, for the, for the poor. See, he uses it what he uses it for, but it's, it's good to apply to what we're learning also, an amazing thing. Behini says, Im Titzarif Oisiyah Shemesh, Im Oisiyah Shabbos, if you put these two words together, like back to back, like as follows, right? right? Shin, beis, shin, shin, mem, shin, like one after the other. So then you could split this word at a different place after the first two letters. And you know what it spells? Shav, tashmish, tashamish. What's shav? He says, Shev, Hainu, Shev, Ratzalayim, Shiva, 
That's like seven, a reference to Shabbos. And to Shamesh is an aspect of the deepest unity. Shemesh b'Shabbos. When you put Shemesh with Shabbos, it tells you that on Shabbos we taste the deepest intimacy, the deepest, deepest relationship between Sadik and Sedek. Shemesh b'Shabbos tzedakah la'anim because it gives us a hint of a taste of what Avram Avinu lived, of anoichi afar ve'efer. I'm already not here. I'm only here because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Racham. Avram Avinu's incredible stone, his Evan Tov, his Levana that he has shining from his neck, the place where he feels he's not even alive anymore. That's Tov, because it's reflecting that Ur that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid away in the beginning of creation. That's called Vayar Lehim Esa Ar this is the third and final level, at least in this three-part little, I guess, mini-series of Yitzchak, Yaakov, and then Avram, a little bit out of order, but it's in order because it's progressing levels. This is beyond tshuva. This is beyond kisi akavod. This is beyond, okay, once I know that I have holiness to my essence, I have to connect with that and I can embody that, it's good. This is ayin. This is a place where it's not even a, it's not even, it's not a human me, which is good, Yitzchak, it's not even a holy me, which is good, Yaakov. It's no me. It's no me. It's Rebbeinu Shalom. It's you, you, only you. You, again, you. Only you. Okay. Siyat Rashmaya, I want to close, and I just want to thank all of you for joining. And this Elika Yid Moshe, who I'm not even sure that we ever spoke and I just wonder about you all the time and I wonder if you have advice for me I could grow a beard like that all the time because I water it every night and it's a low lake but I beg you mamish if you could find my contact information somehow get in touch with me I would love to connect with you because he's mamish listening to Shirm all the time and to everybody here who came you know to, to, to join together and to learn it's just the greatest greatest privilege for me it, it really is and I, I like I can't thank Hashem enough for this chevra, like, it's, this is all I ever wanted. Just a group of Yidin to really learn with, you know, who, who are with me, who get it, and who are all in. And Hashem should help us to live Shabbos on these three levels, for real. Yitzchak, Yaakov, and then Avraham. To really let HaKadosh Baruch Hu in, to taste a little bit <clears throat> of that la'asid lavo, that sweetness. And when we jump off a cliff, as it were, metaphorically, we, we give ourselves away that's when you fly. Mamish. Wishing everybody the most beautiful, glorious, special, incredible Shabbos. And we should be just to continue learning together and going deeper and deeper and deeper. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you to everybody who's tuning in on Facebook and, and elsewhere, whoever's listening to this, and wishing everybody the most beautiful Shabbos up ahead.